0: Man, Golden State gets a key piece back in their title defense. The Mavs are crumbling before the playoffs, and the new CBA adds some new wrinkles for the next season. I'm Rosa Panthers. It's Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me.
1: JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling nervous. Feeling
2: nervous. I just want my team to make the
1: playoffs. Absolutely. John,
0: how you living, my friend?
2: Playoff season is upon us. Let's go.
0: And Sammy!
2: How you living, my friend?
3: I'm more like JJ than I am like John right now. I'm nervous and it's because I'm a Clippers fan and one of them is hurt again. But, you know, we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> that sounds kind of on par for the Clippers. But anyway, we are going to get to our first topic here. And it looks like the Golden State Warriors all-star forward Andrew Wiggins is nearing a return to the team and is, is expected to be back early this week. And he's missed about 21 games um, attending to a family matter. And this is like a huge boost for the defending champions and sixth seed currently in the West. What do you guys think about Andrew Wiggins returning to the lineup? Does this kind of change the dynamic of uh, the Western Conference?
3: Wow. I think it's huge. It, this, is, this is a big deal. I mean, I know that it was just last season, but I do feel like a lot of people have forgotten how valuable he was in the playoffs last year. Just because when you think of the Warriors, you always think of, obviously, Clay, Steph, and Draymond before anybody else. But he turned into, by all accounts, the team's best defender along with Gary Payton in that playoff run. He's still getting back up to speed as well. Uh, Putting them back together, it changes the defense, and I think a huge reason that the Warriors have been abominable on the road is because they haven't been able to get stops. So putting those two guys back out, it's, it's a game changer. So first and foremost, I hope everything's okay. I know I'll, I'm okay to say this because Shams reported it. So it's not new information from us, but clearly, or there seems to be a medical issue with his dad. So first and foremost, I hope his father's okay. And that he's comfortable coming back. I hopefully take as a good sign, but I think this will matter a ton to the playoff race if he's back this week.
1: Oh man. John, Andrew Wiggins might be coming back. Uh, Sammy, good note. You know, hopefully everything's all good, but when you didn't miss 41 games, you just hope that when he comes back, he's able to be a quick, seamless plug and play player. We just need him to be on defense, Jin. That's the important part. Right. Player defense, control the perimeter, the point of attack. Um, but Sammy you hit the nail on the head, man. Uh, the finals, he was actually the second leading candidate to win MVP after game four. He averaged almost 10 rebounds while shooting 19 points on average. And this dude within two games grabbed almost 30 rebounds. So it's not just like, you know, what people think about him this athletic basketball player. This dude became a defensive freak. He guarded even Luka at times the first round. Um, He guarded Tatum, Brown. So we just really need him um, to play and hopefully he could come back. And I know I read this on Reddit, John, and I know me and you are the uh, Reddit advocates on this pod, but uh, (laughs) top comment on NBA Reddit was, The poor bastards that play the Warriors will have Andrew Wiggins back, and they think that they deserve getting that fourth seed when you could just bite them in the butt. The third or fourth (laughs) seed,
3: that
2: is. Yeah, so I feel like I'm going to cue the boo soundboard and the jeers from JJ. Who's controlling it? There you go. That's what I was waiting for so you know what's coming here And first of all, first of all, I do want to second Sammy's thoughts on Andrew Wiggins' personal life. I hope everything is okay. I hope the health of his father. I know those are the reports that that comes first. family first and health comes first. Now with that said, I do think that Andrew Wiggins coming back is going to be a boost for the team. I do think that it puts them in a better position to succeed in the playoffs but I do not think that it makes them a serious title contender. And the reason I say that is because before Wiggins departed the team, the Warriors were still 19 and 18 with him. That was the record. And they don't, this year they have, there's a significant difference than than last year. And I know they're missing a few guys. I know Gary Payton was, you know, he came late he was traded he, he left in the offseason obviously they didn't have auto porter but i think collectively you see some of the decline in some of the core and i think primarily draymond green and i know he struggled last year but you can you can see some of their players and maybe this is just fatigue or maybe they're just coasting which is could entirely could be the case here i could be way off base i could be wrong and they could turn on the playoffs but what I've seen in the regular season does not indicate to me anything that they can just turn the switch. They're, they're average defensively, and I think that's co- a collective effort. And I think, and I, I hate to go back to this, but I do think that Draymond Jordan pull punch really had affected the team chemistry-wise and a lot more um, than people are letting on. So while I do think that this is going to be a good boost for the Warriors, I still don't think, I think it's being overstated how... It's how much it's going to help them. And now, before I throw it over to Roe and JJ to rebuttal, go ahead and tell me that people saying the Lakers winning the title or going this far, going far in <laughs> the West is absolutely <laughs> overstated and absurd as well. Because I'm here, I'm all here for it. Let's go. Uh, I just want to give props to one more entity, Jin, Before you go,
1: yes. major props, you know, to the organization, the Warriors, to keep Andrew Wiggins issue under wraps in an age where everything yep. gets out i just want to give props to the warriors for that because in today's day and age fellas it's impossible and for goodness sake man that freaking uh draymond jordan pole punch even got leaked yeah, yeah seriously nothing, nothing sacred and to
0: kind of respond to like what uh john was saying i I kind of agree with you, but also I kind of disagree with you. And this is the point where I'm I'm disagreeing. I think Andrew Wiggins shows enough hope to the Warriors from what they've been seeing this season, because right now they have GP2 coming off the bench. And now that Andrew Wiggins is coming back, we're going to see a lot less of like the Anthony, the Anthony Lambs. Thank you. And like less minutes to like Dante Vincenzo, even though he's been really good, but he's not, like, a forward that could guard all positions like Andrew Wiggins can. So I think it makes that team a little bit more dynamic. And, like, we know that in the playoffs, all you really need is a really good eight-man rotation during the playoffs. And I think with Andrew Wiggins back, we can avoid, like, the Anthony Lambs that are going to, like, hurt our defense, like, entirely, you know, and just cause, like, a bunch of breakdowns. But I do agree with you that there's something going on with Draymond, where he was able to find kind of like a spark last year that he hasn't quite tapped back into. And I don't know if it is because of that punch and like the chemistry is just a little bit off, but I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit more hopeful, I think, than you are. Would you guys agree or disagree?
2: No, I totally think it's it's good to be hopeful. I, I, I like I said, I think they're going to be better. I think it's going to add, give them a better a, a better chance to compete in the playoffs and make a run. I just don't think they're going to. And again, I think I I tie it back to I've I've seen a a noticeable decline in the core team for the Warriors and Steph and look Steph is still Steph, but a a year at their age, a year at their age is a lot in the NBA in any professional sport, right? Like to see them decline even marginally is because they're so good it looks a lot more of a decline than you would see from a, a, a more average or less dominant player. And so to me, I think that's key more than anything is that you're seeing some of the decline in the, core, the those core four players of the worst, core three, excuse me.
0: So with, with the Warriors in the playoffs, do you think it's gonna be like a first round exit, second round exit? What's sort of like your prediction here?
2: it depends on the matchups i know that's a that's a (laughs) cop-out answer but if i had to guess i'm gonna say second round second round okay i
0: guess time will only tell i'm excited for andrew wiggins to come back i want to see also how long it takes him to get back in the form i think that's also a big key thing um that we didn't touch on um but moving on to the next topic here the mavs the mavs are literally crumbling at the end of the season. what? Where are they? They are 11th right now. They're 37 and 42. And now there are rumors that they might actually shut down the season pretty much by sitting Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic for the rest of the year and this is from Shams he said I'm told that the organization is seriously considering the possibility of shutting down they have a top 10 protected pick so being out of the play in race it behooves them not to try to keep their pick and at that point you have the flexibility of having that potentially top 10 pick You have the three first round picks and you can trade this offseason to go get a star and potentially more players in the marketplace. They're going to be one of the more active teams. This is wild because they traded for Kyrie Irving as like that one additional star to put him over the edge for the season. And now it's like it's caused the opposite. What do you guys think about this uh, this, um, report coming out from Shams?
1: They need, I mean, at this point, They should shut them down. I know this is not like the most competitive thing to do. I feel that it goes against what I'm all about, which is competition. But from a long investment standpoint, you got to lose out to get that top 10 pick. And I'll just say this, this is so crazy that before the All-Star break, they're the fifth seed. And we were counting the days when the Mavericks will play the Suns in the postseason. And Luca, Jason Kidd, and Kyrie, you robbed us of that joy.
0: <laughs>
1: Think about that. Luca, Luca. Who would have thought back in February that he could not will his team to at least be in the play-in? The Potential play-in. MVP candidate, too. And he's an MVP candidate. Like, remember all that junk that they were talking about? LeBron for the past few years, 2019 Curry. It's like, well, just shows you depth matters. And I don't know, man, like defense matters. Doesn't matter if you have, you know, superstars like Kyrie, if you don't have defense. One last point, Saturday, I watched some of the game. You had the Mavericks, Sammy. 60% on the floor, which is insanely high. What does that mean if you still lose shooting
3: at 60%? And you lose. You have five traffic cones on defense. That's what that (laughs) means. What is it? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean...
2: What if they don't even get their top ten that the top ten pick? Even if
3: they lose, right? If it, so, there's a chance that happens, right? I,
0: I think they have to try though. I, at this point, I don't know.
3: If Go they ahead, do said, not finish with a top ten pick, the pick goes to New York.
1: Yep.
2: Right. That's, that's what. I'm, but my point is that like losing out, out the rest of the season, <clears throat> losing the remainder of the game doesn't guarantee it. It increases your chance of getting a top ten pick. That's but true. It does not true. It's not, guarantee it's not guaranteed. It. And here's my other question too about Mark Cuban, who's a businessman. Is he willing they're only one game out of the play in, right? And if they do make the playoffs or the play in, those are additional assuming they have home court advantage, that's additional revenue for the Mavericks. And I understand that maybe it's just it's minimal, it's only one or two games, but still I just don't I don't know if that's gonna like the report to me doesn't seem like something Mark Cuban would do, regardless of how low of a chance he thinks that the mavs have in the playoffs which is pretty much zero at this point to win any even a series let alone win the finals
3: i mean this has been you know there's a lot of times where the media has takes and i'll include us in that and everyone is just drastically wrong but when this trade happened i would say it felt like Two out of every three was saying it was a bad deal for the maps like why were you doing it yeah man this was even worse than i think anyone could have prognosticated like i don't know if there wasn't enough sage in that locker room or what the (laughs) hell happened here but like like can you like this is i mean
2: i think to me it's clear that and if, if the westbrook trade didn't prove it this Kyrie trade should definitely prove it to people is that basketball is a team sport. And when you trade for one guy and and mortgage at the at the expense of getting rid of your depth and players that have serve a purpose, a specific purpose that is needed on a team whether it's defense, 3-point shooting, hustle, those things are completely undervalued and I hopefully teams are taking notice of it because it's clear when you do not have a balanced, well-balanced team with depth, you're going to suffer.
3: Can I go one step further? Sure. Not only are you completely correct, but when you make a trade like this for this player who has proven that he is not a winning player, unless he is next to the top two, top three greatest player of all time, Like I get it. The guy's a great shot maker, he's as good an offensive player as we've seen in a while. But how many times are teams going to talk themselves into him and then have their situations blow up? This is the fourth time, I think. What does it say about a player and what he values if the year or two years after winning the championship, he wants to leave the best player on the planet? How many times do we have to play this game? and? The answer to that's going to be at least one more time, because if he goes to free agency, someone's going to talk themselves into him again. And it might not be a five-year max or a four-year max. Someone is going to pay him $35 million to be one of the faces of their franchise next offseason. That's ignorant. You can guarantee it, and it is, it is very ignorant as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> but it's going to happen. Um, right, so in hindsight, you look at the way this season went. He blew up Brooklyn. The Lakers dodged a bullet by not making the trade for him. He blew up Dallas like three to four different teams got affected by by one player this year in different ways. And it's just, it's funny that it's going to happen again. So to me, I get why they want to lose out at this point. I guess you might as well. I'm starting to wonder what Luka's going to think if they don't massively improve this team in the offseason. I, right. I, like how long is he going to be happy there if if they continually do this Lucas show thing, like, is that what he wants? And that's maybe that's the other question we have to find out. Right. But if not, I think bigger changes could be on the horizon in Dallas more so than any of us realize. And it could be sooner than we think. So and, and, that's where I leave this at. And history shows that they're unable
1: to attract stars during free agency. Mm-hmm. Right. Christian. What? Christian Wood's going to be off the books. Kyrie might be, be off the books, Jun. And then you're just gonna have Luca, and all of this excess cap space, where no one wants to sign with Mark Cuban because we've seen him. You don't want to pay Steve Nash. Yeah. You don't want to pay, pay Brunson, and then you have all these like, C-less B-less stars. It's like, what? Why should
0: Luca stay there? And this brings like an interesting point, because like at the same time when Kyrie Irving was signed, you'd have to think that they actually ran it like at least by Luka to see if he would like approve of this trade or not. So, Sammy, it sounds like that you're probably if we're playing the blame game here, you're probably blaming Kyrie Irving for the season or the poor finish at the end of the season. JJ and John, like for blame game purposes, would you blame Kyrie, Luka, J-Kid or Mark Cuban?
2: If I had to pick one? Yeah. I mean I I put a lot of blame on, on everybody collectively. I think evenly probably. not evenly, but I would definitely divide that up. But if I had to put blame, honestly, I think it's Cuban. I, I think he constructed the roster poorly. And and look, like Kyrie has his deficiencies, Luca has his deficiencies. But it's proven that if you build a team around them. right team that can cover for those for cover for those deficiencies and do the things that they cannot do you can build a winning team and case in point is jordan poole last year jordan poole he's a traffic cone. he's one of the worst defenders in the league but they had the pieces around him to cover for those deficiencies while he can excel what he does best and which is score in bunches even though it's in volume and, and he's very streaky and that's my point is that you can build a team around luke Kyrie. But Cuban did not do that. Christian Wood cannot defend. Tim Hardaway Jr. cannot defend. These guys cannot defend a lick. And what you need to build is guys who can defend, who are long, who can drive, who can kit, and do all the things that Kyrie and Luka cannot really do that well.
3: You know who'd be great on that team? Dorian Finney-Smith. Just going to throw that yeah. out there. weird Uh, (laughs) it's so strange uh, weird
0: (laughs) if only that were the case So, Mm so i'm
3: going mark cuban i don't know what you guys think and really quick i i do think Kyrie helped destroy this team but i also have a major agreement with you with cuban because they've made such bad moves in the years coming up to this that they felt like they needed to make a move like this so i think it ties together but anyway jj what do you think well for mark cuban
1: he's a good businessman I'm always going to blame Kyrie. Let's just get that straight here. (laughs) I'm always going to blame But, but you got to blame the person that takes responsibility of acquiring that asset. Super high risk, high reward, but super high risk. And Cuban knew that.
0: Yeah, it's one of those situations where we look back and definitely the juice was not worth the th- uh, worth the squeeze. We're going to take it to our next topic here. Kevin Durant, he Woo! was in an in interview with The Athletic, and he says he's no longer focused on his legacy but how his team can maximize itself every day. And he said this, I used to. I used to want to carve out a lane or space in this game for myself that people can remember. But it's become too much of a thing now. It's become too much of a... Th- focus on other people nowadays i truly truly don't care i'm glad i'm back i'm glad i'm into the zone of playing again and being around the guys and being one of the guys again so keep building from here so what do you guys think about like kevin durant's new mindset now that he's with the phoenix suns hell no
2: (laughs) i just can't believe he went to the warriors in 2016 man where did the time go that's why i know yeah Yeah. that's a good point um man it's like talking about your ex so long ago here i don't know why we're still talking about the kd and the warriors (laughs) such a long time ago i i I mean like you guys go ahead i'm still trying to you know marinate and think about this
3: i legitimately hope that this is true For him and I don't mean this in an insulting way but we know that he at least very recently cared what people thought enough to respond all the time so maybe he's gotten to the point where he's asked that and if he is good for him because his legacy is it's complicated man I mean he again just what I see he he's going to historically look like the ultimate ring chaser in a sense based on where he went um now that being said like how do I think I'll remember him I think I I kind of see him as the ultimate mercenary now like he he goes in he makes a team better Like looking back at what happened to Brooklyn, the fact that he almost took that team to the finals, I think is going to be forever an underrated accomplishment. If he gets this Phoenix team to the finals considering or gets them over the top, same thing. But you're never going to be able to say, as far as I'm concerned, I remember KD most with X team because he kept bouncing around. Like if I ever remembered him carrying his own team, it's going to go all the way back to OKC. And it's more of like a what could have been. It's a very complicated legacy with him in that. And watching him on the court is always going to be poetry in motion, man. He's such a smooth player and such a just, like watching him is just watching clean, pure basketball as far as I'm concerned. But remembering him and his impact on the league, I I really think is going to go a million different directions. But that's how I see it with him. So what do you guys think?
1: I I think he still cares about his legacy. That's why he requested to get traded to only one team, the Suns, right? (laughs) That's a good point. He reminds me of the frat bro in college where, you know, you go to a party and then he's at the door and he's like, oh, bro, you didn't bring any, uh, any beer and you didn't bring any girls. That's cool, bro. I don't care, but why don't you leave? You know, he's just saying I don't care to put up a front. But we all know this dude cares. I'm just gonna say that. Oh, it's I don't care, bro. I don't care. Whatever, dude. Why don't you get the hell out of my house? (laughs)
0: John, what do you think, man? KD is not caring about his legacy.
2: I need to see some receipts of his phone. I need to see some evidence and proof that he only has one twitter handle one twitter account (laughs) and not multiple accounts under different usernames and with different passwords so i'll say that i I mean i i agree i don't i don't know It, it is interesting though sammy makes a good point that we haven't really heard much about ad snapping back or doing a lot of the things that he used to do when he would get grilled in the media at clapping back or starting fights with, you know, reporters or vloggers or, you know, personalities like Stephen A. Smith. So maybe he is kind of trending in that direction of not caring anymore and really just, you know, doing his thing, which would be good for him. I mean, come on, if you're gonna be in the NBA, if you're gonna be in the limelight, any limelight for any industry, like you're gonna, that comes with a territory. So you either learn how to deal with it or you don't. And for his sake, I hope he does. But again, hard to believe given his history.
0: And Katie kind of goes on. He actually starts to talk about the Warriors here. He says, once I left to go to the Warriors in 2016, I figured any logical thing when it comes to me, it's out the window. When it comes to me, people are not going to think in a logical way or simply look at what I've done and say, that's it. They got to add a narrative to it. They got to push something to discredit me. Once I left to go to the Warriors, it's been the gymnastics on how to just discredit me every step of the way. It's like, damn, that's not even fun no more, like engaging people because y'all aren't even being truthful. You move the goalpost every time you expect the most out of me and I don't reach it. If I don't reach it, I'm a failure. It's like, what's the problem? I got to throw my ish at people? People want their own experience in the NBA. Their experience is their experience. I can't say anything. I let it be. When some fan says, KD, I don't like how you did this. I can't be upset at that. That's your view and how you look at the league. I just learned how to accept that, move forward, and be the best me. I mean, that kind of sums up his mindset about legacy because like, when I think about... like. KD and the Warriors, like Sammy was saying, he was definitely like a mercenary for rings. Him talking about the Warriors like that, um, do you guys have any comments on, I guess, KD's mindset about his time with Golden State?
1: He shouldn't have cared in the first place what other people think about his legacy. He should have done what it was ever in his wants, his wanted list, and he wanted to go to the Warriors just to play. And Win Rings, that was his prerogative. Like the fact that he just left because of what other people said, you're always gonna get haters, man. You got hated for joining the Warriors, you got hated when you when you left Steph Curry. You're damn if you do, you're damn if you don't. That's just greatness. You will always have haters.
2: Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing that I think it could rectify the perception and the optics surrounding KD, it's the same thing that LeBron did. Um, uh, unfortunately, he's not a free agent for a while because he signed a massive contract. But if he was, his best move, and this team is on the up and up, would be back, could, to go back to OKC oh, and yeah. try to win a title with that team. That would be the move. That would be and I think that would make people see him in a different light where he where he to do something like that. I mean, think about it. LeBron James, right? even though he won those two titles with Miami. A lot of people, even though he finally got that championship ring off his back, that that ringless gorilla off his back, people were still criticizing him and giving him a lot of flack for joining a super team. Joining Dwayne Wade, that was Dwayne Wade's team, right? Chris Bosch was a great third piece to that team. But when he went back to Cleveland and won the title against all odds, I'm sorry, Roe and JJ, Coming back down from one three is that—that's when it changed the perception of LeBron James and things took a turn for his legacy. So I think that would be the move. But again, I don't know, man. KD is such a polarizing figure. It's—it's it's like, like Sammy said earlier, it's there's so many different
3: ways that people are going to look at KD once it's all said and done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of him going back to OKC, and jokingly, I think he'd make a great sidekick to SGA at this point. <laughs> <SGA>. but... <laughs> the, good, the great that second fiddle. Yeah. Great sidekick. Oh, um, but I agree with you. Everyone always likes the coming home story, and that would fit too. But it's just funny. He says this, and it almost contradicts the previous thing we discussed, because you can tell he cares. As much as he says he doesn't, it's always there, man. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know how else to like add to it. If the only thing I'll say with the in regards to the time with the Warriors is this, with people trying to discredit him. I don't think it's necessarily that. It's just you have to have the the self-perception to know that if you're going to go join the team that won seventy games, people are gonna assume that you're ring chasing.
2: That's and it. beat you. And beat Period. you the
3: year prior. Exactly. Yeah. Like if if you're really gonna make that move of course people are going to come at you. And I actually remember, you know what people pulled up a lot when he did that is I think when LeBron went to Miami or it was some some other super team formed, he had a tweet out at the time, something about people joining up with each other. And that got thrown back in his face. I don't know if you have to if any I of you haven't ever talking about. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, you want to go there and play this brand of basketball, which he said was a logic. That actually made sense to me. But if you think people aren't going to come after you for already joining what was largely regarded as the best team, then there's just a really bad lack of self-awareness there. You have too many people in your ear like telling you what you want to hear. Yeah. Because that, that seemed way too obvious. And if you did that and you won the rings, you were happy playing, and you could actually ignore that, then more power to you. But clearly that's something he struggled with to this day because he still talks about it.
0: No, so. ab- absolutely. And one thing I think his legacy is going to carry is that he was at least like the OG fluid seven footer that could stretch the floor so like next year when we're watching like Chet Holmgren and Wemby do the same thing like we got to think about Kevin Durant how he was the original and moving on to our next topic here we're going to talk about the new CBA and we're going to do this uh double dud style and the first one here is actually the in season tournament. There's going to be an in season tournament next year. And basically, there's going to be a bracket um, with multiple teams. And then it'll move on to like the final eight, which will be like a single elimination style. Then the final four will be at a random destination. Um, they're thinking about Vegas as the destination here. Um, Double dud in season tournament for next season. Uh, I'm going to start with JJ.
1: I would say this is a huge dub um, just because it makes us look forward to something during midseason where it could be monotonous, but I do not like the incentive for the players. I know in the beginning of the year we talked about um, maybe a draft pick, Zach Lowe said that if it was a guaranteed playing spot, incentivize the best teams to play hard. Ooh. but. 500k, um, why would our teams, for example, that like to rest our players, play hard for no reason? Why would they want to play five games where we're potentially playing the best of the best? And that's where I'm at. So it's a dud in that aspect.
0: John, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I I would have to see what the incentive is. I know that there's not really many details about it, so... (laughs) <laughs>
0: i guess I, it's like I think, 500k per player pretty much i think that's really it
2: <laughs> yeah i mean based on that I, I just don't i don't think it's worth it i feel like they there has to be something more value here that could actually shift kind of the competitive landscape because other than that like like jj said what is is it really worth going hard in this mid-season tournament risking injury and jeopardizing really the ultimate goal that you have when you start a season, which is an NBA championship. So that has to be worth it to me. You have to have something there to actually go in and risk adding additional games, getting adding the risk of getting injured and also wearing down as the season progresses. So I'm going to say it's a dud for now also because, you know, it seems incomplete and I think they may add some more incentives as
3: they continue to build this out so i see it mostly also as the dud but i will add one thing that i would look forward to with it so kind of along the lines you guys are uh, in regards to being a dud the the big thing is you look at teams especially veteran teams that think they have a shot at the title they're not going to play their players in this thing And i think part of the reason for that is if you want to try to deal with load management which might be the biggest issue in the nba right now i would say this year at least adding games is not going to help because now there are certain teams that are going to be playing more than 82. if you were going to do this and take the games down to maybe 75 it might have done a little more as far as i'm concerned uh motivate players to play but I can't imagine that almost any team in the top three or top four midseason is going to play the bulk of their guys throughout these games. So that part I see is a problem because like like you guys both said, I mean, half a million dollars is a lot to me. I don't think it's going to be that much to most of these players, frankly, especially the ones on the veteran teams, because most of them make well more than that. Now, that being said, the, uh, the part of this that I could see is interesting, especially for, you know, people like us who and most of our listeners who probably watch a lot of basketball more so than the average fan is I would imagine the teams with the young players are actually going to push to play this because it gives right. them some level of experience in this environment so for me like I would actually be interested to watch for example Orlando play against like a Detroit or an Oklahoma City although Oklahoma City is already in the playoff race now just to see players like Ben Caro on this environment Jaden Ivey play in this environment with something on the line I think that'll be interesting. And for those teams that have so many young players, 500k means a lot more than it does to Lakers, Warriors, Clippers, what have you. So from that perspective, it would be interesting, but that, that part, it's like a consolation. I think that's the way it's going to end up going though, where the young teams are going to be the ones pushing to win this. So that overall for me, but if that's how it evolves, then I'll, it'll capture my interest and I'll, and I'll end up being a lot more interested. Sammy yeah, thinks Marcus Moore
2: should definitely partic- participate <laughs> in this in season tournament. The best Clipper starter of all time. <laughs>
0: that, that 500k might be worth a lot to him later.
3: I, I, um, I'm I'm gonna leave this alone and just move it on.
0: <laughs> the next one is uh it has to do with uh I guess awards, uh, individual awards, including like all NBA. But now there's a minimum requirement. They have to at least uh, the players must play at least. 65 games to be eligible what do you guys think of this I'm going to go reverse order Sammy
3: overall it's going to be a dub because I think in general it will push players to play more and that's what we all want to see as fans there is one caveat here that is huge and I'm going to call out what the Clippers did last week as an example of this the league needs to make sure that players can't do something where they jump on the court for the first minute of a game yep. to count it as a game played. That's going to be the problem. The reason mm. I brought up the Clippers is because this was the most ridiculous load management thing I've ever seen last week, where Kawhi played the first half of a game and didn't play the second half. And that's an example of what could happen here, is what I'm saying, uh, which was insane to me so does that mean you need a minimum minute requirement or what have you like within a game i'm not sure but i think you need to manage that as long as it's 65 true games i think this is a great rule change and it's going to push players to play more which is what we all want to see so i'll give it a dub for now and hope that there's language in it for that little kind of caveat john
2: it's an interesting point i i think it's a dub overall I do think it adds a level of it, it. It encourages players to play more games. It's good for the fans. It's good for the game, and it's also you know you you don't want to give someone an MVP or a six man of the year that's played half the games of the season. That just doesn't sit right with me, or a lot of people, I'm sure. But Sammy makes a great point about how they can. There are loopholes and there are ways to kind of take advantage of this. One of them what which he already stated, but also like if the game is out of hand, let's say a game is 30 point blowout, and you throw in the guy to just run around the court and not really compete, like that's also a loophole to get out of the minutes the, the minimum minimum requirement as well. So there are a lot of way, there are a lot of things that you would have to put in here as stipulation and language, but again, that's probably unlikely. But I'm just saying that there are ways to get around this to have guys still not compete as hard as you would like them to and still be able to be eligible for these awards. So, um, again, like Sammy said, there would need to be some strict language in the contract and in the rule to make sure that players cannot and teams, frankly, cannot take advantage of this and abuse the the minimum requirement of 65 games. But overall, I like it as a dub.
1: I think it's a dub, for the most part. The one thing that I'll say is, I foresee that we'll have a candidate that's obviously the best player in the league. And what if he plays 64 games instead of 65? Is that a hard cutoff at 65, number one? And then, I like the point that you guys brought up with in terms of the minutes. I know that, for example, 2016 Steph Curry never played in the fourth quarter. So he averaged 32 minutes, 31 minutes, where James Harden played 36, Westbrook averaged 37, and LeBron averaged 36. So are they gonna have to bend the rules for specific players? Because there is no definition for what constitutes an MVP. And now they're trying to add language that does.
0: I think overall it's a dub, like the spirit of this is a dub. Mm-hmm. I like that there is that like there is this requirement because I think like considering someone for MVP and they're at like 55 games this year it it seems kind of ridiculous. I I do like that we're adding like durability as part of a MVP award or all NBA awards. So I think overall I like it um but I guess we'll just have to see the intimate details going forward or how this all plays out. The next one is mid-level players and I guess Teams above the second apron cannot use the taxpayer mid-level exception to sign free agents. Um, this was a tool basically used to sign free agents above the minimum salary like this year, um, or sorry, during the off season, this past year. This was used for Danilo Gallinari to the Celtics, Dante DiVincenzo to the Golden State Warriors, Joe Ingles to the Milwaukee Bucks. Like you see all these powerhouse teams signing relatively good players. And now they are taking this away. What do you guys think of this rule? Hmm. I'm going to start with, uh, let's see, John here.
2: Hmm. So basically, they cannot have. You, you. These teams are not going to be able to sign these these players for that for a, a, a decent... At a bargain, basically, right? This is the rule.
0: Yeah, they have they have to sign minimum salary players. They're going to
2: lose the mid-level. Right. Yeah. Wow, yeah. This is I uh, I don't like this. I think this is a dud. I think they're trying to forcefully instill um,
3: more parity, right? Because mm-hmm. that would appear to be... Am yes. I under- And so... Yeah, it's almost like an right? artificial... Um cap ceiling
2: yeah i don't like it i think it's a dud i i think that you know when anytime they're trying to enforce a rule like this it just kind of like backfires and again like let's be real Uh, ultimately the nba is about the big market teams and i know that they're trying to punish these teams i guess for lack of a better word or at least make it more fair but ultimately like it takes a (laughs) JJ said something earlier and I'm going to let him say it because I don't want to take away his freedom of speech here, but he he put it in a much better way than I did, and maybe we're going to get canceled because of it, but guess what? Who cares at this point, right, JJ?
3: <laughs> <laughs> JJ, um,
0: I guess you're going to go next, dude.
2: Yeah, you're going to go next, but I, I think that they should not try to enforce this stuff on, on, on the teams and let teams do what they want. Yeah,
1: it's, I'm all about a politically correct uh terms i'm all about capitalism i guess right <laughs> <laughs> In the correct sense. Uh, this is a this is a dud you know why this is a dud fellas because you are punishing the teams that want to spend money in order to win that's what i'm saying sammy you had uh sterling june we had cohen with the warriors sarver with the suns Do not provide parity for the cheap-ass owners who do not want to spend that don't want to go over the luxury tax. Why are you even complaining? You know who gets the luxury tax money? These weak-ass, low-level, mid-level teams that don't want to pay. Do not award these owners who don't want to win and spend. And that's why it's a dud.
3: Yeah, man. You kind of said it all. This is the duddiest of duds as far as i'm concerned like uh, you're you're decentivizing teams that want to win like you you said it correctly and not only are you doing that and i'm not playing a violin for the players here but at the same time they have short careers what you're doing is actually taking some money out of certain players pockets by doing this absolutely you have teams that want to spend and now you're restricting that and the average career i think at this point is what five or six years like this is. These guys have a, a very short window to make a lot of money. And the fact of the matter is that that is being damaged a little bit here. And yeah, just overall, if teams want to spend, they want to put a winner on the court, why would you do anything to stop them? I, I don't understand that. And I, I hate this rule. Cannot stand it.
0: I can't stand it either. And I think that they should have an end of the season tournament where they put all of the cheap ass owners <laughs> in it, <laughs> and the loser just gets eliminated, like from... sucker. Exactly, dude. They just get downgraded, dude. They're, they have to they have to own whatever they G- go to the G League or something League. like that. Yeah, and bring up a G Leaguer, dude. I don't I don't care. But for our next one, um, we're actually gonna do the last one here. Random drug testing. Is not going to include cannabis anymore for next season what do you guys think of this
1: dub or dud i'm gonna start with uh jj here this is obvious it's a dub if you could get faded off liquor get faded with something that has medical
3: purposes dub sammy I'm i'm with it on a dub as well i'm if whether it's relaxation whether it is for medical purposes if someone wants to Use marijuana instead of popping a pill, man. I'm all for it. This is a dub.
2: John. This is a dub for the NBA and everybody in it. This is a dud for Jr. Smith because he would have taken advantage of this rule <laughs> <laughs> like nobody's ever seen. But unfortunately, he's no longer in the NBA. Oh my You
0: know, with that, that's actually all we have for tonight's episode. I want to thank you three for being on. J.J., thanks for being on, man. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you all john thanks for being on
3: hey shout out everyone take care sammy thanks for being on man always good to be here man thank you everyone for listening
0: and of course shout out to our video producer rj check out our youtube channel remember to rate subscribe and review like us on our facebook group page the clinic all mba podcast and follow us on twitter at clinic all mba i'm rosa panta this is a clinic all mba podcast come find us wherever you get your podcasts